Good morning. Welcome to the Crestcast podcast. I'm Dick Wagner, co-founder or a co-founder of the Crest Network, also the Crest Library, and I'm a longtime blogger at AskDickWagner.com. Here we talk about all things restoration, but mostly marketing, sales, operations, processes and procedures, and financial. Bill Giannome, other co-founder of the Crest Network, is a wizard at financials and numbers, and he'll periodically be doing some of these Crest Casts. Our goal is to provide a Crest Cast every week. As for me, Dick Wagner, my expertise is in the marketing and sales world, especially with the restoration industry. So my topics are usually marketing related. My phone number 419-202-6745. You can call me anytime. Today, my topic topic is about, and, and it's kind of a wondering topic, and hopefully you are doing this, but do you collaborate in the marketing process? Do you collaborate as a marketer? The key word here is collaborate. Do you engage as a marketing representative for your company? Do you engage in collaboration style marketing so that you're bringing legitimate value to your client? There have been many, many approaches to marketing restoration services and as many different ideas as there are, there are as many different ideas from all the different coaches and gurus and self-proclaimed experts out there. My ideas are a strategy that is used by hundreds of marketers all over the country with great success. I've been working with these hundreds of marketers over the past 25 years and um, work with as many as a couple dozen of them right now. So uh, we're trying to stay on the very edge of what's going on in the, the real world of marketing. Long gone are the days of basic route marketing where your best strategy at that time was stop, drop, and roll. Yes, we stole it from the fire department. It's a great concept when, it, when you think about the marketing terminology. You don't want to just stop at the first one on your route, drop off donuts, and then roll on to the next one. So today, although probably 75, 80, 90% of the marketers out there are doing what's called stop, drop, and roll marketing, visiting someone on a route, dropping off donuts, rolling on the next prospect. It's certainly good for the donut shop, but it does not get you a lot of business. It's just simply a form of bribery that sure will all receive the dozen donuts. We love them, but that doesn't ensure 
excuse me, that doesn't ensure that you're going to get a referral job from it. If you think about it, without bringing value and, and bringing a dozen donuts isn't really bringing value, if you're not really bringing value, if you're only bringing maybe $10 worth of donuts, how can you legitimately expect them to reciprocate with a $10,000 job once you've brought them a $10 thing of donuts? It doesn't make sense. There's no logic and, and sensibility or reason to that concept. We recommend and teach that you should be bringing to them a summary move. In other words, a lot of people used to call it an elevator speech. Unfortunately, the elevator speech was more of a sales pitch, uh, kind of along, along the lines of, hey, my name is Susie. I'm with XYZ Restoration, and we do fire, water, smoke, and mold. Sadly, when you're, you're talking about that, you're first off, you're talking about yourself. Secondly, um, you're, you're not bringing the real value because nobody really cares. Nobody's interested in what you do. Nobody wants to know that you do fire, water, smoke, and mold. What the heck is fire, water, smoke, and mold? What they want to know is what you're going to do to help them and help them get more business. And the reality is that's all they care about. We call the elevators Pete a pitch, excuse me. We call the eleva elevator, I can't even talk today. We call the elevator pitch a summary move. And the summary move is a specifically scripted, approximately three sentences that are very specific for each different vertical. What your summary move is to the insurance agent has to be different than what it is to the plumbing company. And we do that because it's all about the client and their client. It's even far more about taking care of the plumber's client than it is about directly taking care of the plumber. It's about taking care of the policyholder more than it is about taking care of the agent. The summary move strategy is to be thinking several moves ahead and anticipating what they're going to be saying and what they'll say to you, and be prepared to make the next move. It's kind of like, as a great chess player, you think several steps ahead. The, the famous chess players of our time, who, who were world chess champions, have been said to have thought or they, when they're playing chess, they are thinking as many as 17 moves ahead. I play chess once in a while and 17 moves ahead 
is mind-boggling. I can't comprehend. I can barely consider five to seven moves ahead, much less 17. But when you are employing the summary move with your agent, you know, after a few times of marketing to them, you know what their lingo is going to be. You know what their line or their answer or their excuse is going to be. So have answers, have scripted responses, well-prepared and well-memorized so that you can respond and throw them off their game. Since this discussion is all about collaboration, I want to talk for just a second about the concept of collaboration. By making it about their client, by making it, for example, making it about the policyholder for an insurance agent, you're effectively taking the salesiness out of the conversation and you're acting more like a trusted advisor. And the more you act like a trusted advisor, the more believability, the more credibility, and the more trust you generate. And they are far more likely to do business with you if they trust you. Neither you nor I like to be sold, and we're not fond of salespeople in the general sense of the word. We don't like telemarketers. We don't like sales, car salespeople. We don't like that obnoxious style that has been so prevalent with salespeople for so many years. So the better you are at collaboration, the better you are at creating um, relationships where it's based on a trusted advisor concept, you will eliminate the salesiness and they will tend to like you and trust you and feel much more comfortable with you. <clears throat> Excuse me. In the course of finding ways to make conversations with them, talk about the client's concerns, how the client, that end user feels and that that's what you're most interest, interested in. Your, your goal is to make that client so happy, that policyholder so happy with their insurance agent that they put that insurance agent up on a pedestal, that, that you've made that insurance agent the hero. They'll be far more likely to seriously consider working with you. Obviously, since you have their best interest at heart, they're, they're very likely going to be um, willing to refer you on a job because when you strive to put an insurance agent as the hero by doing things for the policyholder that they're going to rave about to the, to the insurance company, you don't have to take the credit. You're already getting paid. You're already collecting five or six or 10 or 50 or $100,000. You don't need the credit. You need to make that insurance agent out to be the hero. Even go, 
excuse me, going so far as to send the policyholder at the end of the job a uh, an edible arrangement or a, a dozen homemade cookies from the bakery or uh, some pastries or something if they like flowers and they're not you know they're they're they want to eat healthy send them a beautiful bouquet of flowers on behalf of the insurance agent you should not be taking credit for it it's very difficult and yes it's quite a challenge to think only about what you can do for your clients client. But until you get into that mindset, you'll come across as a salesy person and, and maybe even worse, an obnoxious person. For most of us, that mindset is really a big struggle to get into because, you know, we go out every morning with the motivation that We've got to get referrals. We've got to get jobs. We've got to convince them to do business with us. And so we tend to lapse into or fall into that um, mode of salesiness. And we cannot do that. We've got to think about what we can do for the client's client or for the insurance agent's policyholder, if that's who you're working for. If you don't, you're going to come across too salesy, and that's going to be a turnoff for most people. For most of us, the mindset is a true and real struggle. We want to get the job, but we've got to get out of making the job first and foremost. We've got to be thinking about building relationships and, and demonstrating our worth to our client's client. Our boss or owner wants you to get referrals, so he or she is constantly pushing you to do this, even reminding you how many referrals you got last month. And so it's, it's a challenge for us to get past that salesiness, but it does not work. It's not going to fly. In, in, in making you a successful person, at least a successful person in the marketing world. And one last comment I, I really want to make about a, a trusted advisor. You want to be considered a trusted advisor, but so many times we want that, that title, we want that credit, we want that respect, but we don't take the time to learn about them, our client. We don't take the time to learn about their business. We don't take the time to learn about their, their actual industry. If you're calling on insurance agents, for God's sakes, take the time to learn about them. What is their specialty? What do they like? What types of insurance do they like to write? Is it, is it life insurance? Is it auto insurance? Is it insurance on boats? Is it homeowners insurance policies? Do, do they write residential only or is it also commercial? 
do they write for one or two or three or five or 10 different insurance companies? Are they independent or captive? Those things matter far more than just going in there and pitching your product. You can't be considered a trusted advisor if you don't have any advice for them. You can't have any advice for them if you don't know a dang thing about their business or their industry. So you've got to learn about their industry before you can bring advice and you've got to um, bring advice before you can be considered a trusted advisor. Donut dropping or filling a candy jar, those kinds of services don't make you a trusted advisor. So here's my rare uh, encouragement to you. If you want personally, you who are listening or as a marketer, if you want to become an expert in a million dollar producer, or if you want your marketer to be a million dollar producer for you, then you need to attend one of our RMS classes. They're held throughout the country two to three times a year. The restoration marketing specialist, uh, a trademarked and registered course, will teach you how to be a marketer that produces a million bucks a year and knows how to collaborate with your client and actually get more business. I'm Dick Wagner with the Crest Network. Thanks so much for listening to this Crestcast podcast. I will talk to you soon. Bye-bye.